Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and welcome and a happy Friday to you and yours. September 16th, the year 2022. Both the Saints and the LSU Tigers are home underdogs this weekend. The Cajuns are a double-digit road favorite. Don't take anything for granted. We've seen already how things can change in a New York second. So stay tuned for week three of the college football season and the continuation of week two of the NFL season. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you're near a television set, just pop it on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. You missed the headlines of the day. Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, here are two stat lines for your consideration going back to the year 2020. Player A, who will remain nameless, has a 25-5 and record with 78 touchdown passes, only 17 interceptions, and a 105.9 passer rating. Player B who shall remain nameless, has an 0-4 record with only six touchdown passes and eight interceptions and a 71.5 passer rating. Player A is Tom Brady against every team he's faced in the regular season except one since joining the Buccaneers. Player B is Tom Brady against that one team, the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans spell over Tom Brady since 2020 is mystifying it's unexplainable it's ridiculous the seven-time super bowl champion has never dealt with anything like the new orleans saints ever in his career can he solve it on sunday we shall see we shall see meanwhile lsu back healthy ready to go against their toughest opposition to date the mississippi state bulldogs um just a good team that mixes offense, defense, a good kicking game. They've kind of got it all. They really do. Um, you think of their offense, and yes, Will Rogers is the latest and experienced quarterback under the Mike Leach air raid system. He leads the SEC in passing yards with 763. He leads the SEC in completion percentage, 78.57%, which is absurd. And he leads the SEC in passing touchdowns with nine. Can LSU somehow ring up something 
uh, of a magical nature. They're going to have to get it done defensively. The offense is going to have to carry their weight, and it all kicks off tomorrow at 5 p.m. in Tiger Stadium. Ryan Kelly, after practice on Thursday, provided an injury status update on quarterbacks Colby Richardson and Seven Banks, as well as defensive end Quincy Wiggins. Richardson had a minor thigh contusion, but responded well in his practice all week. He's good to go. As for Seven Banks, Kelly said the Ohio State transfer is doing well and will be available to make his Tiger debut this Saturday, though he will likely be rusty after not playing for over 10 months. And likewise, Wiggins, recovering from that Taysom Hill-like Lisfranc injury, he's 80 to 85% healthy, would likely play on special teams on Saturday in hopes of being 100% next week. Um, Micah Baskerville will play an awful lot, particularly after his showing against Southern. Brian Kelly says he's a sideline-to-sideline kind of guy who's really good in coverage, making him perfect for a pass-heavy opponent like Mississippi State. So um, John Emery makes his return. The offensive line is going to stay intact, as it did a week ago with Charles Turner at center, uh, Garrett Dellinger at guard, Miles Frazier at tackle. You'll see the rotation with Emery Jones, Cam Wire, and Tremont Shorts in the rotation. So we shall see. Um, Koki Riley will join us in a few minutes, give us his thoughts on what he's heard about LSU as they get ready for Mississippi State as a two-point underdog at home. Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us as he does each and every Friday, and we'll talk about the Saints and their mysterious dominance of Tom Brady. Yes, he won in the playoff game, but other than that, the Saints have, uh, have taken care of business against Tom and have been very, very stingy against the middle now again those defensive backs that were there a year ago and those safeties aren't there except for Marshawn Lattimore is Paulson Adebo going to play don't know he hasn't practiced yet so is that matchup that has been so favorable for the Saints in the past as the DBs have been able to the, the cover their wide receivers the safeties have helped out are they going to still have that that confidence and that dominance that they've had over the Tampa Bay Buccaneer receivers. Uh, we shall see. Being reported in all likelihood now that a um, couple of uh, the Buccaneers, wide receiver Chris Godwin, tackle Donovan Smith, long, long odds to play against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they haven't been ruled out yet, but Coach Todd Bowles says that it's unlikely Godwin will play and that Smith the starting left tackle faces some tough odds as well. So, quote, Donovan will be close. It'll be hard for him to make it, but we'll see, Bowles told Tampa Bay Buccaneer reporters today. The rest of the guys we will see on Sunday. Godwin got that hamstring injury against the Cowboys. It's just not going to uh, to happen. Uh, so we'll talk with Larry Holder about that. Blake Topmeyer will take us around the SEC as he covers the league that just where just means more for the USA Today Network. A um, couple of good ones. Um, the biggest is, of course, Miami at Texas A&M. Georgia's on the road against South Carolina. And Penn State is at Auburn. Those will be the points of emphasis, along with, of course, Mississippi State at LSU. Those are the top games in the league. 
We'll go over all of those. George Faust will join us as uh, we delve into the Raging Cages making their first road game of the season uh, as they try to extend the nation's best winning streak to 16 games, as well as giving the Cajuns their third 3-0 start since 1988 and the sixth overall since joining Division I back in 1971. This will be a matchup of the Cajuns' offensive line versus Rice's defensive line. That's going to be the big matchup to watch for. And uh, we'll delve into all of that with George Faust. Plus, talk about a couple of big-time football games uh, in the Acadiana area. Southside is at Karen Crow. Southside picked up the biggest win in Acadiana last week, a 35-33 thriller over Cecilia at home. The Bears are 2-0. and um, And they opened up district play last week with a 50-29 win at Barb. Lafayette Christian travels to take on the always tough from the Catholic League in New Orleans, the Jesuit Blue Jays. Um, Jesuit had a tough loss at Ruston last Friday, 28-23. to Lafayette Christian um, trying to get three wins in a row. They beat two good teams in Acadiana and Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, so we'll see if they can make it three straight. A battle of unbeaten St. Charles at 2-0 at 2-0 Turlings Catholic. That'll be very interesting as well. Uh, Brother Martin, it's 2-0 at St. Thomas More, another Catholic League school coming up. They're going to be physical. They're going to be tough. So that's a great one. And Westgate, 2-0, travels to Evangel Christian. Always a tough place to play. So we'll go over some of those games with George Faust. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and myself will pick eight games, four from the college ranks, four from the NFL. We'll try to give you our expert uh, prognostications for those games. So that's what we have in store for you today. Um, last night, it was uh, Pat Mahomes and company uh, once again getting it done over the L.A. Chargers. Hard-fought game, um, very tough game. Uh, Justin Herbert, the Chargers quarterback, suffered a rib injury in the loss. He's undergoing x-rays. Don't know what the extent will be. Uh, but with 5.09 remaining in that 27-24 loss, he took another hit from Chiefs defensive end Mike Dana, and that was all she wrote. He missed one play, then he returned. Then he was immediately crushed again. He remained in the game, but he was obviously hurting. So stay tuned for more on um, on that. But a dramatic uh, win for Pat Mahomes and company. It was uh, it was terrific. Uh, Texas spent over two hundred and eighty thousand on a recruiting visit from Arch Manning and some others. Um, according to public records attained by the Athletic, the Longhorns spent nearly six hundred and thirty thousand on two recruiting weekends in June including the official visit by Manning and eight other recruits that featured five-star accommodations and virtually all you can eat fair for them and their families. Um, yeah. So there is no, there is no expense. They're going to have to start putting a limit on what you can spend when recruits come to town. I mean, it's getting, it's so ridiculous and it's so out of control. Um, the NCAA has got some issues on their hands. No question about it. Uh, the fall off already started to take place. 
PayPal says it will not continue its sponsorship if Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sauver returns after his one-year ban um, for racist and misogynist remarks. This just the tip of the iceberg, and do not be surprised if Robert Sarver is forced out by the other factions of the Phoenix Suns ownership group. Uh, it's not a question of if, it's going to be when. Uh, PayPal's deal with the Suns was worth $3 million during the 2021-2022 season. Um, Sarver, who is suspended for one season, can return to the Suns for the 23-24 season. Um, it's, just, it's just a bad look. It's a bad vibe. I don't know how he can keep going there. He's been the owner for 17 years. Uh, we shall see. Anyway, it is a football Friday, and we got to get you ready because the NFL's opening week was really action-packed, and it's just getting started. We already saw last night how good that was. Week two, get ready. Touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Like last week, the Falcons led the Saints by 16. If you bet the Falcons, you win. But guess what? You win, but the Saints won at the end. See what I'm saying? Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as is free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP. First time out of the day when we come back, Cokie Riley, Tigers, Bulldogs, here on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, you're home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. And we are back. LSU, Mississippi State, Saturday, 5 p.m. Tigers Stadium. Game called right here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles State. A two-point road favorite in this one. Cokie Raleigh covers the Tigers, and we're joined by him on a Friday yet again. Cokie, thanks for the time, buddy. How are you? Doing great. How are you, Jordy? I'm terrific. I look around and uh, uh, everybody talks about Mississippi State's offense. And granted, they've got four wide receivers that through two games have double-digit receptions. They uh, Will Rogers spreads the ball all over the field. But their defense, I think, is getting under-covered. Um, I think their defense is one of the best they've had since that remarkable team back in 2014. When you look at Mississippi State, what do you see? Well, I see a team that has an extremely efficient offense. I see a team that, like you said, has a pretty underrated defense. I see a really veteran team that knows the system that they're running, that knows how to play with each other, unlike this LSU team. I, I see a team that's also a tough matchup for LSU. So uh, I, I think now's the time to sort of dive into this. All right. So explain the tough matchup. Where, where do they have a decided advantage over LSU in your mind? 
Well, I think a lot of it just has to do with, with that continuity and that, and that veteran experience, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and you and that becomes amplified um, when you run the sort of system that they run, especially on offense, when everything has to be just so precise. And when you can be that precise and, and that um, connected uh, in that sort of air raid scheme, it's very, very, very hard to stop. It's it's going to be harder for them to stop this stop at this time than last season when LSU went to Mississippi State and won. Um, I, I, I just feel like Will Rogers is more comfortable in the system. I just feel like they have as many, if not more, weapons than they did last season. Uh, their offensive line is pretty good, especially in the interior. Their tackle plays a little bit shaky, which is something LSU might be able to exploit. But um, Will, Will Rogers knows what he's doing, and it's going to be. And they don't really have a top. Re- receiver that you have to worry about that's that's right. fair but at the same time uh anyone can catch the ball out of the backfield from them yeah. or not just out of the backfield but obviously at wide receiver as well so they have just an array of options there's no one you can really um leave on an island so to say so uh, and you can't just run drop eight you know you you have to you have to change up your scheme a little bit you, you can't just let will rogers sit back there forever and pick apart your defense. It's that's what Arizona did against them this past week, and it just it simply didn't work. So they're going to have to put it there to mix in some disguised pressures. They're going to have to uh, mix up their looks and coverage. They're they're they're, they're going to have to play this game in a more complex manner than just dropping eight. I think. Which which concerns me because you have a new defensive coordinator, you have a whole new slew full of players. It's quite the opposite of what Mississippi State is. As you mentioned, that continuity and that experience. These are you, you're you're throwing the lambs to the slaughter here. You know what I mean? Mm, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's good in some ways in that we can sort of learn like really what the deficiencies are with this team and what aren't the deficiencies are with this team. When you're going up against, uh, when you have a matchup like this um, against a team that sort of knows itself better, so yeah, I, I think this is this is like this is eating your broccoli, so to say. Like this is a healthy experience. It just doesn't mean that's necessarily the broccoli is going to taste terribly good. So <laughs> it's it's really interesting to watch. I'm with you. Um, uh, defensively, I, I think again, when you face a team like this, it's going to. Uh, Will Rogers is going to get rid of the ball quickly. He's going to find guys five yards, six yards, three yards. They're going to try and move the ball down the field. The best defense is your offense, right? So continuity along the offensive line, but LSU has to be able to run the football on Saturday. Are you confident that they can against this state defense who has only given up like 40 yards a game in their first two matchups against Memphis and Arizona? Yeah, I'm not terribly confident that they're going to be able to run the ball. And I, I think the bigger issue for them is outside of just simply running the ball well is 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 the is the time of possession game. Just in general, can LSU play a slower pace of offense to keep Mississippi State off the field? I'm not very I'm less confident in that than anything else, just because yeah. when we when this offense plays well, they play with tempo. Um, Good point. Great Perhaps point. you could just throw the time of possession game out the window and, and just try to out at like out and beat Mississippi State in its own game and have this back and forth entertaining affair. And sure, that could be fun to watch, but um, I don't know if that's necessarily the right path to victory in a game like this. So, um, can you out Mike Leach and Mike Leach and it, can you out 
without Leach, Mike Leach, I, I'm not <laughs> quite sure if that, that's 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 going to work. So, um, but yeah, I think John Emery coming back is going to help them a little bit. But again, he hasn't played in over a year, so you you kind of have to temper your expectations there. And I, I I didn't really I wasn't very encouraged by the by the movement their offensive line was getting in the run game. So. I don't know. This is just not a great matchup for LSU. We haven't even talked about Tyrus Wheat yet, so I don't yeah, know. Let's it's talk, not great. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Louisiana native and what how disruptive he is. Yeah, yeah, he can play uh, uh, in the box, off the off the edge, and he he they can they deploy him in a bunch of different ways. Um, he's a very effective blitzer. Uh, probably probably their best, I guess, hybrid athlete in terms of. Um, someone who can drop back and coverage a little bit and, and have those weak side linebacker responsibilities, but also mm-hmm. drop down as an edge rusher. Um, he's probably uh, best used as a blitzer, but his versatility is going to be something to watch for in a game like this. Um, I'm not saying LSU doesn't have any advantages when I sort of talk about this matchup. I think Jaden Daniels against this linebacking core is kind of a mismatch. I, 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 didn't, I didn't love the speed and athleticism that, that Mississippi State had in that game, mm-hmm. especially with their front seven. So and they don't really have anyone who I look at as an obvious candidate um, to spy Daniels in this game. So I think Daniels as a runner could be an advantage for LSU. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if he can get the ball out pretty quickly and get, a, get to his first read, then their offense could be doing something, uh, could be getting some yards in this game. Um, but the problem is, is – you know, if if you get too aggressive like that and and try to play with pace, you're just you might just be setting up your defense for too much failure. So it's it's a tough balancing act for sure. Yeah, it really is. Um, I worry about Daniels. He's the best runner they've got by far, um, and he takes a lot of chances. He's hopefully he'll learn to slide or get out of bounds to live to play another day. Because if he gets hurt, whoo, then then we got a whole nother story. You mentioned I was going to ask you, uh, teams are going to have to start spying on him somehow, some way, in some form or fashion. He's just too good and too important, this offense, with with the ball in his hands where he has the ability to take off and run. Somebody's got to spy on him. If you don't, shame on you. Exactly, exactly. Um, we've seen his dynamic athleticism work, and it's, it's going to work in SEC play as well, even if yeah. – like there was, I guess there was some question as whether whether Daniel's athleticism could really translate to that next level of competition in the SEC, and I think it will. I think you saw in the Florida State game they didn't really have much of a chance to catch him on a lot of those on a lot of those runs. And uh, Florida State isn't the greatest team in the world, but I, I can't imagine that will that will be too much different against a team yeah. like even a team like Mississippi State. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup for 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 sure, um, and it's going to be fun to watch how defenses sort of approach Daniels as the season goes along. Koki Raleigh with us. We talk about defense. LSU made some changes on the offensive line a week ago and to, to kind of get things in order. Against a team like Mississippi State, it seems to me, after the week that Micah Baskerville had um, and, and the freshman Harold Perkins with their speed and their ability to cover – we may see some changes defensively, particularly for this game and what Mississippi State offers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kelly mentioned Colby Field as another candidate who could play more in this game. Uh, Kelly sort of talked about how they want more, just want more speed in the field in a game like this, and that makes total sense. 
Uh, you're going to see a lot of nickel and dime. You're going to see. You're probably going to see Harold Perkins in this game, even though I think in a game like this against a team that's this precise on offense, that might not be the greatest matchup for yeah. a kid who's still learning the linebacking position. But yeah. his his. But either way, his athleticism it will be needed in some in some sort of fashion. I, I just wonder in what kind of fashion, um, uh, because it's not like they could just put Harold Perkins on Will Rogers as a spy. Will Rogers is a decent athlete, but he's not someone who can break out and, and make all these make all these plays with his legs, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's that they're, they're definitely going to uh, revert to more of a coverage uh, system as they should. I mean, they should force Mississippi State to, to run the ball and, and be uncomfortable, even if um, uh, it, 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 even if it's even if they put themselves in a compromising positions against the run, because that passing attack, and as they keep on cutting you to death with those five and six yard little slants, um, yeah. it, it's that that's the stuff that kills you, not the not the runs up the middle. I, I think because uh, they only run when it's statistically advantageous for them. They're not going to run just to run the ball or quote unquote establish the run or use any of those uh, I, I guess more traditional terms. So. It's it's a it's a lot of it's, it's a chess match. It's what it is. Like this game is really really interesting. I'm with you. Um, high scoring game, middle scoring game. What do you anticipate? Uh, I I think it's going to be fairly high scoring. Um, I I I have Mississippi State winning 31 to 24, but that okay. might actually be a tiny, tad bit low. I have troubles not seeing Mississippi State getting to over 30 in this game. Um, if they got under 30, that would I, I think LSU probably wins this game, just because I think LSU can put points on the put points on the board on the other end as long as their offensive line is competent. Um, again, that's a pretty big if, but I do think they have some advantages with their athletes, especially with a guy like Jane Daniels in space. You know, if they can get the ball out into space, they're they're going to take advantage of it. I think, um, but that's again that's a question mark. But either way, yeah, I, I just feel like the. There's there's too many advantages for Mississippi State in this game unless Matt House can put together a really good game plan and this defense can sort of mesh in this very very quickly in a very short amount of time. Uh, yeah. That's but again that's asking a lot. Another story for another day. I'm curious how many uh, fans will not show up and will watch the game on television after the traffic uh, debacles heading into and leaving. I bet you there's some empty seats in this building, and that's uh, that's not what LSU needs. So they better get their traffic uh, gear rears in gear, so to speak, um, so that people will want to make the effort to get out there and, and watch the game in person. Well, uh, yeah, I mean the traffic was a problem for me. I mean, I left I left to go to the game four hours before it started, four yep. four and a half hours, and it took me an hour and a half just to get there. And I live like Oh, what ten minutes away from the stadium? So wow, it was wow. it was a lot. <laughs> wow, <that's laughs> it was crazy. a lot. It was wow. it, it was kind of mind numbing how much it was, and even took I think it took oh. like forty five minutes for me to get home too, that's and that awesome. was at like past midnight. So yeah, I understand awful. those. I understand. Oh, those it's issues, the same old story, but, LSU. You've um, been facing this for years and years and years, and you still haven't figured it out. I don't understand what the deal is. I mean, come on, get it I right. Mean, there's not a lot of road. That's 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 a that's, there's not a lot of ways in and there's not a lot of ways yeah. out and that creates problems you know especially yeah. you know, when you're trying to 
when everyone's trying to pack into a hundred thousand person stadium, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough, and there's space being taken up by tailgaters and yep. all yep. these yep. sort of yep. logistical issues. There, oh, there just needs follow to be more the money, Koki. Follow the money, Koki. Just follow the money. Hey, enjoy. I don't think you're gonna have to leave. It's gonna take that long this weekend. Uh, but enjoy no, the ball game. So, you got state <laughs> winning. So so thank you, man. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, buddy. Koki Riley covers the Tigers for the USA Today Network and the Daily Advertiser. Um, you can always head over to the Acadiana Bar and Grill at 327 Iberia Street in Youngsville, particularly tomorrow, Saturday. You can hang with 1037 The Game Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Hannah, five names will be there from noon to one, giving away tickets for both Raging Cajuns football and LSU football. So swing by to register. Spin our prize wheel. You can score a pair of tickets to either a Raging Cajuns football game or an LSU football game. So come out this Saturday from noon to one at the Acadiana Bar and Grill. All right, Larry Holder, the Athletic Saints, with their mastery over Tom Brady, does it continue? That's next here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look mouth. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. With the bang and the Chiefs edge the Chargers 27-24. But all our thoughts are on Sunday at Caesars Superdome as the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, two, two-and-a-half-point favorite over the New Orleans Saints, despite the fact that the Saints have owned Tom Brady in the regular season, 4-0 since he became a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Larry Holder of The Athletic is our NFL guru. He joins us now. Larry, good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm good, Jordy. Yeah, it's it's always really weird to see uh, how the public doesn't exactly understand that the Saints have Tampa's number. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's always a bit of a surprise uh, that uh, you see – Tampa road favorite by two and a half. I I guess people just haven't been paying attention much, my friend. I'm with you. I don't understand it, but uh, it is what it is. Why is it, in your opinion, that the Saints have owned Tom Brady, whereas uh, against everybody else, he just dominates, but against the Saints, his QBR is cut in half. Yeah, I think, first off, uh, the Saints do well against, uh, pocket passers. They uh, would prefer not to play someone like Jalen Hurts every week. Uh, even Marcus Mariota gave them problems uh, for uh, a good yep. while in yep. that game. I also think that the Saints, their pass rush, really knows how to kind of take advantage of Tampa's offensive line. And look, they are they are not even the same unit that they had last year. The last two years, they're definitely beat up uh, and moving parts there. So I think that's part of it. And look, it's really, to me, it comes down to the Saints defense because we can rattle off four quarterbacks that have played for the Saints against Tampa, and uh, the Saints have won all four of those games. I mean, you're going back Drew Brees, uh, Jameis Winston, Simeon, Taysom Hill. I mean, so if you're able to interchange parts like that, I think it's the Saints defense. It's scheme, Dennis Allen. I think they know how to 
really handle uh, what Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, I really think they know how to handle what they, they're presenting to them. And look, I also think that when uh, we've seen Marshawn Lattimore for years and years have a good handle on Mike Evans, uh, that's not an easy thing to do. And uh, the mm-hmm. Saints and, and Lattimore have been able to do that as well. And I do believe that you just hit the nail on the head. Is the Saints, their secondary, uh, they just match up well with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, um, you know, Chris Godwin not expected to play. Julio Jones is banged up a little bit, but he'll go. Um, Godwin's not. Um, but the Saints, Paulson Adebo, is he going to play? So the Saints secondary is going to be a lot different. Are, are they going to still have that confidence and that that uh, continuity and that chemistry to be able to handle the Buccaneers wide receivers? That, to me, is kind of the key thing here. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, look, if you look back from last year to this year, and going into this game, I mean, only one starter's there in terms of the secondary, and that is Lattimore. I mean, Tyron Matthews new, Marcus May's new. Uh, it's highly unlikely that Paulson Adebo plays. Uh, that means Bradley Roby will start again. I mean, he's a he's a viable NFL starting quarterback, but still, it's, it's different. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think uh, when you look at it in that sense, that the Saints really need to take advantage uh, of some matchups within the front four. Uh, with uh, when you look at uh, Cam Jordan and you look at Marcus Davenport, you want mm-hmm. Peyton Turner to to have an impact, and then you also want uh, look uh, David Onyemata to be an impact up the gut. You you, you want to see another big game from Pete Werner and of course Demario Davis. So I yeah. think it's going to come down to that aspect, and then also Jordy, it's a uh, look. It's not like the Tampa Bay was lighting it up last week through no. the air against uh, Dallas. So. Nope. Uh, Tampa, what they might do is try to exploit something that the Saints struggled with last week with Cordero Patterson. I mean, they probably want to use a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette, who had a buck 20 last week, and he's been a real key to their offense uh, since that they won the Super Bowl. I mean, he's been their number one running back, without a doubt. I hope they do that. I'd rather Fournette with the ball in his hand than Tom Brady sitting back there throwing the ball. Um, I I just do. So, I'm, I'm confident in the Saints. I know Patterson's kind of shifty and elusive and he's got that spurt. Leonard's just that, man, he's that bulldozer now. If he gets to the second level, the speed is a factor. There's no question about that. Um, But look, you said Tampa Bay didn't exactly tear it up. Well, the Saints stunk for three quarters. And my question is, does the Saints offensive line stink? I mean, what's going on with them? I think that's part of, uh, it's week one I think that but, uh, the Falcons had a, are having a new, bit of a new scheme, some new faces. I, like I don't think Atlanta is very good with their pass rush. So that I think I do mm-hmm. think that that is a concern. Um, but also, not all of it was the offensive line. I mean, they had four sacks, and uh, Pete Carmichael said that one of them was on the running back, meaning Alvin Kamara gave up a sack. Sure uh, did. One of them was on the quarterback, holding the ball too long, not climbing the pocket. So, you know, it's not all just the offensive line. Now, uh, do I think that the Saints would like some uh, uh, better protection and, and some more running lanes? Sure. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, that it's it's not – all is not lost. But also, right. let's also remember uh, uh, that Tampa, they don't have Indomitian Sue anymore. They have Akeem Hicks. So, I mean, we're familiar with him up the middle. Yeah. But uh, he had a pretty good game last week. Uh, against the Cowboys, and so you know, it's uh, there's some differences there, but I mean, there's no doubt that the Saints, 
they, they need to shore some things up, but it's not on completely the offensive line uh, for all of those sacks. Larry Holder of The Athletic. Does the uh, Jameis Winston, ex-Tampa Bay Buccaneer, now in New Orleans Saint, it's been three years. Is that still played? Does that still have a, an effect, you think, on Jameis? Probably. I just don't think it may have as big of an effect on, say, you, me, storylines going into it. Because, like you said, it's been a while. I mean, he played last year, but he got hurt. So maybe yeah. he'd like to play a full game against them. And, and you know, how much do does that defense know Jameis' tendencies from back playing with him? I mean, there's not a lot of players on that team left. Maybe Levante David. Uh, maybe Shaq Barrett, that might be about it. Uh, so, you know, I, I do think, though, it's more about just the Saints executing in terms of, uh, you know, right scheme, Jameis making the right decisions, uh, using those wide receivers. I mean, like uh, you and me have talked about a lot, uh, that, that trio that they have is probably as strong of a trio that they're going to roll out there, probably since Michael Thomas's rookie year when they had Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed when he was playing well. Uh, you know, so I think just Jameis needs to take advantage of what he's got, and if he, you know, don't hold the ball too long, and the offensive line's got to help him. So I feel like it's more of the Saints know that this is an important game. Jameis knows this is an important game in terms of the division, and so it be Tampa, so be it. I'm no football coach, but why did on the two point conversion they didn't use Taysom Hill in the shotgun? Instead, they used Mark Ingram. I, I didn't understand that. And nobody can convince me that that's the smarter thing to do. I think they got too cute. I mean, I, that's, I'm with you. You see what works. Um, and, yeah. I mean, even if they know it's coming with Taysom, uh, it still works. So, still yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't like, uh, I didn't like that play call. Uh, you know, look, and again, this is week one of Pete Carmichael being the yeah. primary play caller. So everybody's yeah. trying to learn the ropes. And I, yeah. think, uh, I think Pete's probably going to throw that two-pointer out of the window. Yeah. Uh, we saw some other coaches make some, um, some bonehead plays as head coaches. So, yeah, he's not the only one uh, in line there. Larry Holder of The Athletic. I didn't realize this, but the Buccaneers haven't won in New Orleans in the regular season since New Year's Eve of 2017. And seven consecutive res- regular season losses have been outscored 210 to 108. It's kind of remarkable. It's mystifying to me the, the, what the Saints have been able to do against this team. It's mystifying. Jordy, you better knock on some wood, my friend. I uh, am. <laughs> I am. Because- I have been all week. <laughs> yeah, but, but the Bucks won the most important game of that yep. within that span and That's won right. a Super Bowl. So... Yep. If you want to do regular season, sure, but postseason they still got it. So at least there's that. Hey, don't yeah, don't just count on it and bank on it. No, no, still, no. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> never, never, right? Never. Not with New Orleans. Never. Um, Saints have to run the ball better, right? I mean, Taysom Hill was terrific, but they got to get uh, Alvin Kamara going a little bit. Um, his numbers have to get up, I think, for this team to uh, to maybe have a chance to go where they think they want to go. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm definitely leery of him even playing this week. You know, he was uh, this practice on Thursday. Uh, he was not out uh, to the media portion of practice today. Yeah, I my bet is they're going to say he's questionable. I would bet that he doesn't play, just hmm. knowing how injuries go. So where does that put you? I mean, that puts you at uh, Mark Ingram being your primary running back. Uh, you know, Tony Jones. You know, the, the kind of 
the people behind him and uh, maybe they elevate Latavius Murray off the practice right. squad. I mean, they just signed him. It's, you know, he knows the offense, so that's a plus. But still, when you look at it, uh, that you're not going to have Kamara. You need him to be uh, a primary weapon within this offense. I mean, he brings yeah. diversity. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, last year he had to run it way too much. I'm sure the Saints don't want him uh, – with as many carries, but you still want him involved in the offense. And if he's not right, I mean, he's not going to play. And it, to me, it seems like he's not going to play. But no problem. Like I said, I'm betting questionable in the injury report. Then I'm betting he doesn't play. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I mean, I can see through the. You can almost like kind of see the forest through the trees, and maybe that's where we're headed. Jameis got to be a little confident now. I mean, for three quarters, they they couldn't do anything. They, they couldn't punch themselves out of a wet paper bag, but they hung around there. And and in the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, I don't know what was said or what was done. I guess they went hurry up, and they just decided, we're just going to throw it every time. Michael Thomas, go get open. And boom, 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 boom. Man, they were terrific. But if, if uh, Marietta doesn't fumble the snap, on third and one, they get the first down. We're talking about a whole different thing here. So Saints have to play better, but Jameis has to be confident. I mean, that fourth quarter, he was unreal. Yeah, and also it showed that, A, he has some rapport with Jarvis Landry. Yeah. B, he trusts Michael Thomas. If he's going to throw up a 50-50 ball, uh, that Michael Thomas is going to go and get it. And I, yeah. think, I think the Saints needed to see it. I think Michael Thomas needed to see it for himself. I think Jameis mm-hmm. Winston needed to see that Michael Thomas could do it, and I think there to see it happen and, and win a game. I mean, it's it's definitely a confidence builder because they know they did not play very well and yeah. they still won. So it, it's it's basically Jordy the same sort of thing. If LSU wins that game against Florida State, maybe not not as many people are harping on it, even though there was mistakes throughout. Uh, and yeah. then with the Saints, if you're, you're trying to gain some continuity, and you win, I mean, you almost feel like, all right, you'd like the, the caddy and the canary, uh, you yeah. got away with it. And so, uh, you know, I think that's something that the Saints are, they know good and well that they need to improve in a lot of aspects. And, uh, you know, Jameis Winston knows the same as well. All right, so here's the time. The fearless forecast from our Larry Holder of the Athletic Saints are two-point home When's the last time LSU and New Orleans have both been at home and been underdogs on the same weekend? Somebody's got to look that one up for me. It doesn't happen very often, particularly with the Saints and LSU, unless they're playing Alabama. So um, how do you see it? What do you you think happens here? Well, I have to make with my pick that I already made public at the Athletic. Uh, And that we do, um, I'm on our national panel. Uh, We do uh, the picks uh, straight up. Okay. And I picked the Saints. Uh, look, I'm not uh, – Tampa's got to prove it to me that they can beat them in the regular season. So I'm I'm not going to go against that. And I even feel kind of smart last week. You know, Jordy, a lot of times I'm just – I'm haphazard with picks. Uh, who knows? I'm hot and cold last week. Yeah. I picked the Saints. I thought they'd win but not cover. So yeah. I – but that, the good, that's the thing. I didn't put any money on it, so of course I got it right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but, yeah, I'm not putting any money on this one just because that's uh, – that's not a thing I'm going to do, but still, I'm I'm picking the Saints straight up uh, in this game. I mean, they I'm I'm not. Look, I mean, they might win by three. They might win win by ten. We've seen them win by thirty five. I don't. Know. I don't care. Still, I think the yeah. Saints can win this one straight up. Just win the damn gun thing. All right, Larry Holder, of the Athletic, smart man, not putting any money on any games. That's a good. That's a good deal. You got a family, man. You got 
You got to buy groceries, buddy. Uh, thank you. Have a good weekend, all right? You too, Jordy. We will talk again next week. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Friday's always better with my main man, Larry Holder of The Athletic. All right, the NFL's opening week was action-packed. It's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can get just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Back to wrap up our number one next here. The Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Tigers and Astros in southwest Louisiana. All right, the Tigers are looking to begin SEC play with a victory Saturday against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Pre-game begins at 3, kickoff set for 5 p.m. at Tiger Stadium. That's State versus LSU live from Death Valley. You can listen to it right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got SEC games to pick. We've got the Cajuns update and uh, and much, much more. Our number two straight ahead on this football Friday on the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Stay with us. Our number two straight ahead. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Welcome, hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, September 16th, the year 2022, yet another Chamber of Commerce Day in this great state that we live in, and this great region of the state that we live in, and we hope wherever you are, however you're listening in to us, uh, we greatly appreciate it, because we're on the radio, 1037 The Game in Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, we're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com. 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, we're also on television as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The injury list uh, report is out. Cornerback Paulson Adebo is out for the New Orleans Saints. Chris Godwin, the wide receiver for the Bucks, is out for Tampa. So what could have, what were, in all likely, it would have been a matchup one against one. They're both out, so we can we can see um, uh, Alvin Kamara questionable, Traquan Smith, Dwayne Washington questionable, Jameis Winston with a back issue is also questionable, as is Mark Ingram and Alante uh, Taylor, uh, but they're going to be fine. They're all going to be fine. Only Paulson Adebo is out at this point in time. Um, 
Keep an eye on Camara. That's uh, that's questionable. Coming up in this hour, George Faust will join us. Fridays with Faust here in, a, in about uh, 13 minutes or so. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Raging Cajuns, who are 11, 11.5-point road favorites over the uh, Rice Owls. Um, first road game of the season for uh, UL, which always makes things interesting, but they're not exactly going into the most hostile of environments uh, with, um, with Rice. And then we'll make our picks. But we begin our number two as we go around the SEC with our good friend from the USA Today Network covers the Southeastern Conference, and that's Mr. Blake Topmeyer. Blake, good afternoon, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Well, let's get right to it. There's a there's about four good games, I believe, in the conference this week. Um uh, most of them are, you know, conference versus other conference. And we start off with number 13, Miami, at number 24, Texas A&M, who um, <laughs> managed only 186 yards and 14 points against App State. Um, their defense gave up a lot. Uh, it's just, just one of those days. Miami coming in. These are two guys, Cristobal, Fisher, both under on the, the Nick Saban uh, tree of coaching hires. How, what do you see here? It feels like a game that Texas A&M maybe can bounce back in, and, and there's no real reason to, to say that. Um, we haven't seen anything on the field that would suggest that would be the yeah. case, right? But, I mean, just I mean, you know how it goes watching over the years. This, this feels like a bounce-back game. They've made the quarterback change um, with Max Johnson, which I think right. can help uh, a little bit. Miami hasn't played anybody so far. They've looked pretty good, but against no real competition. Um, and, and, you know, after facing all the ridicule that the Texas A&M has this, this week, deservedly so, by the way, um, it just feels like a game where maybe you kind of get fired up to come out to prove to everybody, hey, we're, we're not as bad as everybody's been saying. Um, I guess I look for A&M to bounce back in a close one, although, you know, nothing we've seen through two weeks suggests that'll, yeah. that'll be, be, be the case. I mean, this is a team that's not out of the woods yet. They have... Miami this week, um, then they have neutral side against Arkansas, then they have road games against Mississippi State and Alabama. They're, they're, uh, they're right in the thick of it uh, at, at A&M. All right, so bounce back by the Aggies. If not, boy, Jimbo. Ooh, ooh. Okay, uh, the next one is very similar to, to what we saw in week one with Utah, a ranked team, highly ranked team, traveling to Gainesville to take on Florida as a road favorite. Same things happening this week as number 22 Penn State, a favorite as a three-point favorite on the road taking on the Auburn Tigers. I don't think Penn State's as good as Utah. I don't think Auburn's as good as Florida. But do we have a similar thing? Well, would this be a feather in the cap for Brian Harson if he can figure out a way to win this one? It would. If there's ever a chance for Brian Harson to get just a sliver uh, of solid ground this is this this week is the opportunity i'm not going to say it's put him on safe footing um but he could he could find a little <laughs> island of, of 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 solid footing there i think this this week if he can get this one i i like penn state in this um i think the the atmosphere at jordan hair is is going to be electric yes. um if they could be you know maybe they could be the x factor in, in this game and maybe auburn's pass rush can as well um you know penn state did not protect uh, Sean Clifford very well in a game last week against Ohio. So if Ohio can get to the quarterback, maybe Auburn can enough too. I just we haven't really found an offensive identity yet for for Auburn. I mean, I know Tank Bigsby's really good, but 
Um, you know, he hasn't been able to just totally take over games. Uh, at quarterback, T.J. Finley's uh, continued his career long in inconsistencies, and yeah. and I yeah. will say he's a resilient guy. I mean, even even when he's down, he's not necessarily out, but it's just not a very dynamic offense uh, at Auburn, and I kind of tend to to put the trust more so um, in, in Penn State with no uh, Singleton. The running back is very very good. Um, Sean Clifford is is a veteran quarterback who's, who's already beat Auburn once. I, I guess I give the slight edge to, to, to Penn State in this one. Okay. Um, number one, Georgia travels to South Carolina. It's an SEC East uh, matchup. Um, any issues for Georgia in this one? Do you think Georgia's maybe even better this year than they were a year ago because of, because of uh, it, their yeah, offense? It, it, it's certainly possible. And, and, you know, we heard Shane Beamer say this week, he doesn't see a weakness in this Georgia team. And I would say the same. I don't see a weakness either, which at this point last year, you could have said they still do have a weakness in that, you know, they hadn't figured out their quarterback situation at this point last year. And now Stetson Bennett is, is playing like one of the top quarterbacks in the country. You know, that, that has gone from, you know, at this juncture of the season last year, it, it was a question mark position for Georgia to now it's a position of strength and it joins a roster full of strength, um, you know, up and down the lineup and, and other places. So yes, you know, and, and as you compare Georgia to Alabama, which, you know, is kind of the name of the game these days is comparing those right. two teams. Georgia is a team that they look like they're hitting on all cylinders and, and there's not any particular point of that lineup where you can say, I think you can take advantage of Georgia here with Alabama. Um, you know, in that game last week against Texas, I do think they were exposed as being deficient in a couple areas. Now, the one thing with Alabama, of course, is Bryce Young's the best, the best fourth quarter quarterback no <laughs> in the country, no and question. he can bail you out of a lot of jams, which he did yeah. last week. But in terms of complete team, it's Georgia, just like it was last year. Okay. Um, all right, let's head down to our neck of the woods, uh, Mississippi State at LSU. State's a uh, – Two-point road favorite going into Tiger Stadium. You don't see that very often unless you're Alabama. Um, very seldom is LSU not a favorite at home. But uh, State with uh, went over Memphis. They go out west. They beat Arizona. They've got a really good offense with a really good quarterback. But I've been saying all week, man, don't sleep on their defense because their defense might be the best that Mike Leach has had since he's uh, – in fact, I don't think it's the best defense they've had since he's been there. You're right, and, and I think it's a great point. For as much attention as, as uh, that air raid offense gets, uh, Will Rogers deserves all the, all the credit he's getting, probably deserves a little more credit than he, yeah. he gets. He flies yeah. below the radar. But I agree that the defense is, is really the um, clicking for Mississippi State in, 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 a, in a way that you know hasn't always been in the past or has been a little consistent, inconsistent in the past. And I think, too, um, it's a it's a different look, you know that three three five look that Zach Zach Arnett runs. It's not something you see all the time. And Jaden Daniels, while I've been very impressed with his athleticism, I think he is a difference maker for LSU with his legs in a way that LSU needs. He hasn't been the best at reading defenses, at going through his progressions, um, you know, really kind of sitting back in the pocket and finding the open man. And I think facing a defense that you don't see all the time. Um, could give him problems. Now, having said all that, for some reason, for some reason, I kind of like LSU 
in this game. I, maybe it's just because they're they're at home. I think Tiger fans, despite you know that week one loss to to Florida State, are, are still um, you know pretty vibrant uh, yeah. about the Brian Kelly era, era in, in a lot of ways. It's it's um, it's trending toward a night game. Um, I mean, you know how those Tiger fans are when, when things start getting late late in the evening. I think it's going to be a pretty good environment. Um, so despite the fact that I think Mississippi State is a better team, um, I, I do kind of like LSU in this game. What, teams that have success against Mississippi State do what? Well, I think you, you have to be disciplined on, on defense. And I mean, discipline is not necessarily a word thrown around for, for LSU a lot these in the past uh, couple of seasons. So we'll see how many how, many, how much stride uh, Brian Kelly has, has been able to, to make there with this program because I think you have to be disciplined um, against the air raid. And I think you need a quarterback, um, like I said, is, is good at going through his progressions, um, can make you pay against a blitz because they, they will blitz. Um, and, and so I guess if I had to boil it down to a word, discipline. You know, because okay. it's not, you know, you, you hear Air Raid, and it's kind of an exotic-sounding name, but, you yeah. know, really it's it's like 12 plays that are just designed to, to put the defense into to conflict. Um, and so you really got to, you know, you got to do your, your assignment. You can't get beat by big plays. You got to keep everything underneath you. Um, and, and, again, I keep going back to that word. You got to play disciplined football. And so that's going to be the, the test. And because the, the, the LSU team we saw week one, that was not a disciplined team. No. So we're going to see if they've made any, any strides here in the last couple of weeks. Blake Topmeyer, USA Today Network, covering the SEC. One last question. I'll let you get out of here. Uh, it's not the greatest schedule in, in the SEC. Youngstown State at Kentucky. Abilene Christian at Missouri. Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. Vandy at Northern Illinois. UL Monroe at Alabama. Missouri State at Arkansas. Akron at Tennessee. South Florida at Florida. Any of those teams on upset alert in your mind? I don't know if it's upset alert, but I do wonder if Georgia Tech can make it a, a game into the fourth quarter against Ole Miss. I could see this being kind of similar to Georgia Tech's opener uh, against Clemson, in which their defense allowed them to hang around, hang around okay. until Clemson, you know, pulled away late. I could see this playing out in similar fashion. The reason I don't think they can upset Ole Miss is uh, Georgia Tech's just pretty limited offensively. Right. Um, you know, their quarterback Jeff Sims is. He just has one passing touchdown on, on the season. Not a not a huge threat there. And I, I really like Ole Miss's run game. I think even as the competition ratchets up this season, because Ole Miss hasn't played much so far, but even as the yeah. schedule gets tougher, uh, you combine what I think is one of the best offensive lines uh, in the SEC. I think the Ole Miss offensive line is, is fairly underrated. I don't think they get their due uh, because I think that's a really good unit. And they got a really nice stable uh, of running backs led by Zach Evans. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, their, their ground game combined with the fact that Georgia Tech's limited on offense wins out for Ole Miss, but I do think this is one that could be a game for four quarters. Blake Topmeyer picks the Tigers to beat, uh, to upset Mississippi State at home. We she, we certainly hope that's the case in this part of the world. Uh, but, Blake, thank, what what, uh, what game is going to get your attention this weekend? I am actually at Penn State-Auburn, you know, a critical game, I think, for the uh, – the Harson era, although I would say as big as this one is, you know, when they play LSU in a couple weeks, that 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 Ooh. becomes an even bigger one for, for Harson. But, yeah, I think we're going to see if Auburn can find an identity this week. They, they really haven't had one, you know, the first couple weeks. Can they get Tank Bigsby going on the ground? Uh, or is this team just going to be fairly fairly limited this season? And if that's the case, 
you know, could go south in a hurry for Brian Arson. Um, Tumor's Corner, is the tree grown? Is it big? Do they still roll it, or is that not happening anymore? You know, I'm not a good one to ask about that, Joey. I wish I could tell you, but I actually stay in Columbus when I cover games at Auburn, and yep, I'm in and yep. out. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I, I'm a poor one to ask about what's going on <laughs> okay. there because uh, I'm just kind of a – um, you know, here, here and gone, and I could tell yep. you more more about Columbus, Georgia, than I could probably tell you about what's going on at Auburn right now because I always stay in in, yeah. in Columbus all the time. All the time when I was traveling with LSU football, we always stayed in Columbus, Georgia. Made the little ride into Auburn and shoot, went right back to Columbus. Got on the plane and headed on out. So I know exactly. I know exactly where you are. I know exactly what you what the restaurants are. I, believe me, been there, done that. Blake, safe travels. Uh, enjoy the ball game, and we'll see what happens. And always great talking to you, man. Really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Blake Topmeyer, USA Today Network, covering the SEC. All right, that's week three of college football. The NFL's opening week was action-packed. It's getting better. It's getting started again with week two. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Time out on the floor. When we come back, George Faust. The Cajuns high school football here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and Astros in southwest Louisiana. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media. KLFY sports director, George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hey, George. Happy Friday to you, buddy. How are you, my man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Beautiful day. Beautiful. Yes. It's going to be a beautiful evening for high school football. We're looking forward to it. You got to, I'll let you, I'll let you use my saying it's a chamber of commerce day. A little fall. Yes, absolutely. Early morning weather. Tonight's going to be crisp and clear high school football. So what is the KLFY high school football game of the week in week three? So uh, we've got, we've got a couple of good ones, right? So I'm going to be at brother Martin and STM uh, to start my, start my evening. And I'm pretty excited about that, that matchup. I haven't had a chance to see STM uh, up close and personal in a regular season game. So I'm anxious to see what, uh, what what they look like, and uh, so I'll be I'll be talking to Jim Hightower at six o'clock tonight, uh, and then uh, then I'll head over to Como for the Como Notre Dame game, and uh, check that out uh, okay. as well. And then uh, so then we've got of course the the other uh, Lafayette High is at home, uh, well at LCA that's where they play their games now, but uh, okay. uh, for this year. But uh, so Lafayette High is taking on Sulphur. So it's really interesting because 3-5A is already kind of in district play 
because they have right. so many teams. So uh, yep. they're in their second week. Last night at Kadiana beat uh, Nish pretty pretty handily. So uh, to get their second one of the year, and they're two and zero in District Three Five A. So gotta uh, be, yeah, a lot gotta of be, uh, a lot of good action. Uh, got to be br- got to be brutally honest with you. Never heard of the school Nish. Never heard of that one. Uh, but it's interesting. Two of the better teams in Acadiana taking on two of the always good teams from the Catholic League in New Orleans. You mentioned Brother Martin coming to St. Thomas More. Lafayette Christian, 2-0, has to travel to fly away Blue Jays, Jesuit High School. <laughs> That's right? right. Yeah, sure enough. It's funny because uh, one of my buddies has two sons that play on Jesuit's team. And I, I told him, I said, uh, good luck tonight, you know. And LCA can, can can throw the ball. They they move the ball, man. So and they're both uh, his kids are both playing on defense. So uh, or one of them is anyway. So yeah, uh, I said uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Good luck, deal. <laughs> yeah, uh... LCA, LCA just LCA's just got so much talent up and down the roster. So uh, yeah, Juwan Johnson, quarterback. He's 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 fun to watch. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. But you're right to. Uh, Catholic leaguers going up against uh, two uh, Acadiana powers. Yeah, that's uh, Jesuits always tough at home, man. So it'll be a good uh, chess match for Lafayette Christian. They've won some good games. They beat Acadiana. They beat Woodlawn of Baton Rouge. So they they don't shy away from the competition, and I I love that. All right, let's talk about your Ragin' Cajuns, uh, 11, 11 11.5-point road favorites against the Rice Owls. Um, I know – I'm just asking this theoretically. Is, are we getting a quarterback controversy with the Cajuns? Because this this I, guy it, coming off the it, bench, ten for eleven. Hello. Right. Yeah. Look, you know, it, it's it's a good problem to have. I think because I think both of them are performing at a high level. Uh, I get. I, I mean, I'm sure Coach Des doesn't want to label it a quarterback controversy, but uh, you have two guys who are who are probably. Uh, on the on, on the same level at the moment, and uh, neither one of us wants to uh, relinquish playing time. But uh, hey, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And, and so, I mean, you, you you start Chandler, then you bring in Ben, or however you're going to do it. Uh, you know, if it's working, uh, look, there's no reason to change it. I got I got uh, I got no problem with a two quarterback system. Although they do always say you got two quarterbacks, you got none. But I don't That's think right. that applies in this case. Uh, because I think both are, are, are playing at a high level right now. Trying to get to 16 straight wins. That's uh, that's unbelievable. A lot of it is due to the fact that the Cajuns don't turn the ball over, but they force turnovers. They're, they're a plus seven turnover margin after two games, which is number two nationally, and they're plus 20 over their last seven games. So if you don't turn it over and make the other team do so, Oh, your odds of winning are pretty, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And that turnover stat uh, uh, was <laughs> somebody told me that uh, earlier today or yesterday, and I was like, man, that that is an unbelievable stat that they haven't turned the ball over since in about a year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, that's impressive. Uh, that that's something that uh, look you take pride in as a team, I'm sure, and, and so. Uh, and it's not because they they are playing like tentative, right? You know, they're they're still out there slinging it and, and making sure they uh, can can put points on the board. So it's not a, a case of hey, we're going to just you know run the ball and not throw it because we don't want to throw an interception. No, they're a, 
they're slinging it and 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 just right place, right time, and making making plays. And yeah, look, you're right though. The stat, the, I mean, you don't turn the ball over. You're 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 golden in football, no doubt about it. I think the New Orleans Saints took a chapter out of the Raging Cajuns game against Eastern Michigan because the Saints couldn't do anything for three quarters. The Cajuns <laughs> couldn't do anything for a half. What happened? What 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 uh, what did Coach Des tell them? Because the second half, completely different story. I, you know, I I, I I asked that same question. Like, what what you know, what was the the spark? And I think it was a a combination of just hey, you know, we're not playing our best, and we can. Uh, we can uh, execute at a better level. Uh, and I think that everybody, with regards to the players, felt like, hey, you know, if we go out and we, we take care of our business, like we're, we don't worry about anything else, then we're going to be all right. And I think that's – I don't know exactly what was said at halftime. I'd love to yeah. have been a fly on the wall there. Uh, but uh, definitely they, they've, had, they've had the opportunity to, to kind of get they, – they got better. Uh, and took care of their their uh, their jobs a little better, and they, you know uh, had a little more uh, pride, I guess, in the second half, and said, "Hey, we need to we need to step up and start playing." And uh, that's what they did, man. That was impressive, no doubt about yeah. it. Um, Eric Garrar continues to amaze. He is so dangerous when he's back there returning punts and things like that. He's uh man, he he pretty darn good. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that young man. Love the way he plays and and. He, he is he is one of those uh, like Coach Napier, you know, brought in the phrase instead of special teams, he always called them game changers, and Coach yeah. Dez has kind of stuck with that as well. That that young man is a game changer, whether it be uh, in the defensive backfield or, or if he's he's playing he's a punt return and kick return or whatever. Uh, yeah, he's he's got the. He's got the vision, got the ability, and you know he's not the only one doing it. But when he gets in the open field, you know he has the ability to kind of break away, and and, and you know that's that's invaluable. You know you got to have it at some point during the season, and and he's been he's been able to do that uh, in this early part, they are the yeah. first three three or so games. He's been very very consistent. All right, George Fausto, you got a busy day and a night ahead of you. I understand that, but Raging Cajuns favored by eleven and a half. How do you see it, man? That's a, I always I, I am like I am horrible at picking spreads, like yeah. you know, betting against the spread or whatever. And that that seems like a lot to me, just because I, I I you know they put fifty two on McNeese, and I I just like I'm talking about Rice put fifty two right. on McNeese, uh, right. and, and man I. I I just don't know if it's going to be that big of a spread. I think the Cajuns win. I think the uh, Rice right. will probably cover if you're a betting person. I, right. I, I eleven is a lot. That's a lot it on the road, lot. especially especially when it's your first road game with a new head coach. I, I'm with you on that yeah. one. Um, I think yeah. it's a little bit closer than that, but I do believe. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. Um, LSU Mississippi State. Who you got? Just tell me who wins. Ooh. I, I, I think uh, LSU is going to pull that out. It's going to be it's going to be tight, but I think LSU has the better team, the more more talent, and so okay. I think LSU wins. And Saints hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got? Who do you like? Who? Uh, look, I, I think the Saints have the Bucks number in the regular season. Right? They've won the last sure four uh, in the regular season. I, I, I like the Saints in this game. I'm not. I'm not. I know Foot's scared about it. I've heard. I heard him this morning talking how he's scared about. I think the Saints. Uh, I like their I like their chances against. I, I, they 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 like playing Brady. They don't have Every, a problem with that. 
Old Footy. Footy is uh, scared because he's under the belief that uh, every streak is going to come to an end eventually. Um, well, I don't think it, it happens. It does, but I don't. I, mean, I don't think it happens still, Sunday in the Superdome. I don't either. It may happen in Tampa, but it ain't happening in the Superdome. It ain't. It's just it, not it, happening. It did dude. end. It did end in the playoffs when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. They stole. I know the Saints' second real. Super Bowl. That was, that was the different. Second Super Bowl. Yeah, that was di- <laughs> it, 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 that was different. I'm just telling you. But anyway, all right, go go do your stuff, man. We got to get out of here. Um, thank you so much, buddy. Have a good weekend. All right, you too, Jordy. Good talking to you. Talk to you later. All right, man. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Getting ready for week two of the NFL with bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game, get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensing partner. Golden Nugget Lake Charles gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP all right we have X'd and owed we've gone behind enemy lines we've talked to those in the know and now it's time for our fearless forecast James Mesh back in the master control suite in the game studios and my good friend Mr. George Becknell joining us as well George happy Friday man how are you happy Friday Jordy I'm fantastic brother how are you I am terrific. Um, some of those games got, got my uh, my heart rate up a little bit too much, uh, but um, it is what it is. So week one of the NFL was terrific. Uh, week two yeah. of college football, lots of upsets. So let's go. We've got eight games to pick, guys. Uh, so let's give our listeners some winners this time. We've been pretty good so far. And we'll start off on the college game, and I'll let George go first. Uh, what a feather in the cap it would be for Brian Harson and Auburn if they could f- somehow figure out a way to beat 22nd-ranked Penn State. The Nittany Lions, James Franklin, been to Auburn before, the coach at Vanderbilt, so he's aware of all that. Uh, Auburn's got a great home field advantage. What do you think? I, I, I agree with everything that you just said. I just don't think Auburn's good enough. You know, yeah. you're talking about a team that beat San Jose State last week. Yeah. By one score, I'm not impressed. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not greatly impressed with Penn State has mm-hmm. been able to do. I think their backup quarterback is better than their starter. But I think James Franklin's team, they come in and they get a win because they play tougher opponents and, and haven't struggled as much. So I like their quality win against Purdue more mm-hmm. than I like Auburn's win against San Jose State. So I got to go Penn State on this. Very well said. Boy, man's doing his homework. I like it. All right, James Mesh. I know you've been doing your homework. You like the Nittany Lions as a road three-point favorite, or do you like the Auburn Tigers with ex-Tiger T.J. Finley at the quarterback? <laughs> I much prefer Penn State in this. Auburn, they're 2-0, and but 
talked about San Jose State. They only they only beat them by eight, and they beat Mercer. I mean, those two teams aren't as impressive. Not yeah. great for Nittany Lions either, but looking at TJ Finley, he's got a one to three touchdown interception ratio. That's no bueno. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to take Penn State in this one. No bueno. Okay, it sounds like um, a movie uh, line there. No bueno. Very good. Um, man, I tell you what, Auburn's one of the toughest places to play. That eagle flies down, lands on its handler's arm, and that place goes crazy. But that Eagle's not playing the game of football. It's those um, 11 on 11. And I think Penn State's 11 are better than Auburn's 11. And I think the fact that James Franklin has a familiarity with that with that stadium, he can prep his team on it. So I'm in, in unison with all of y'all. Give me Penn State on the road as a favorite uh, by three. And I think they cover that as well. All right. Um Part of the Sunbelt upset trio, uh, Texas A&M <laughs> losing to App State. They, I don't know if they took them for granted. I have no idea what it was, but Texas A&M looked really, really bad in that one. But they have a chance to redeem themselves as uh, undefeated Miami comes to town at number 13 in the country. A&M's already made the quarterback change. Haynes King, see you later. God, bad. Max Johnson, another lefty, former LSU quarterback, is uh, going to get the controls of Jimbo Fisher. Um, boy, AM needs it, but what a statement it would be for the Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal. So, Mr. Becknell, what do you think about this one? I mean, I- I've watched Max Johnson play football for two years. Uh, he's a guy that he may not make a whole lot of mistakes, but he don't make you really better either. So I don't see the move to Max Johnson making Texas A&M better. I think Miami comes down here, down the college station and gets a big W because you lose to App State. I'm not expecting anything against the Hurricanes, and Max Johnson ain't the answer. So give me the U wow. on the road. Okay, the U on the road. Uh, James, what do you think? I think the fact that Miami is six-point underdogs, even though they are – 13 spots ahead of Texas A&M is bulletin board material, but this is at home for Texas A&M, and if you lose two in a row, I don't think it's looking good. I like Max Johnson. I liked what he did last year with LSU, and and I feel like it was just the line and the defense that was kind of holding him back, so I'm going to have to take Texas A&M with this one because it's not going to look good if they lose again. Aggies are not going to lose this one. They'll be at home. It's a late-nighter. Um, College Station will be going crazy. Those um, cheer cadets will be doing their thing. Um, I'm not sold on Miami yet. I don't. I just don't think they're uh, where they will be at one point in time. They're 13th ranked. That's that's a that's fool's goal on that one. Um, I think Max Johnson makes a huge difference at quarterback because he's got experience. He's played in big games, um, and he's going to be the type of he's going to be the game manager. Uh, that Jimbo Fisher's looking for. So I'm in agreement with you, James. Give me uh, the Texas A&M Aggies as a home favorite to win that one. All right, um, George, the Ragin' Cajuns go on the road for the first time. They're trying to get to 16 straight wins. They don't turn the ball over. They are plus seven in the turnover margin. Rice turns it over a lot. Rice did score 52 last week against my boys in Lake Charles. Um 
Rage Occasion's favored by 11 and a half in this one. Who do you like? Well, Jordan, you, you just you just said it. You know, the Raging Cages take care of the football. Rice don't. That's that. That's the that's the line of the game. And look, I'm gonna tell you, you go out in Magnus and play against the Cowboys. That's nothing like playing against the Raging Cages. You know, like they got a winning streak. They, that winning streak will continue. It's gonna be a lower scoring game, but they're gonna win this game by two touchdowns. I I would expect it'll be like 28 to 14. But give me the Cages. Cajuns make it 16 straight. All right, James Mesh, what do you think? I'm definitely taking the Cajuns in this one. I think they're better than Rice. Uh, I was worried about it. I mean, that slow start does kind of worry me until they, they just explode in the second half and they were able to get that 11-point spread. This time, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling this one's going to be more of a 6-8 to eight point victory. It's going to be the first road test for coach michael desimo so yep. i'm intrigued yep. to see how that goes i think it'll be a lot closer than people anticipate i got a funny feeling that chandler fields is starting to look over his shoulder I, I it's just human nature they can talk about how they're great friends and this that and the other but that second string quarterback coming off the bank she put up some incredible numbers 10 for 11 um he brought them back uh and, and i think you know, Chandler feels he's a settle down or there's going to be a quarterback change. I think that possibly could be inevitable. But UL so much better than Rice. Rice is not good. I'm sorry, McNeese. You just laid an egg last week. I mean, you were terrible. That's why Rice put up 52. Cajuns win comfortably. They beat the spread. They win comfortably 16 in a row. All right, Mississippi State, George, a two-point road favorite. Uh, Mississippi State at LSU. All right, lay it out for me. What do you see? Well, Jordan, I I think Mississippi State um, looks better. I like their quarterback. I like their offense and what they've been able to do. Um, I'm not worried about LSU secondary. I think their secondary is on point. The linebackers are atrocious, and they've been tackling sloppy. So I'm concerned. I'm also concerned about the offensive line, but I, I just think that Jaden Daniels is—he's going to have a big game at some point. They're going to play those freshman linebackers a lot. They're going to start making tackles. They're going to be cleaned up, and the fact that Jaden Daniels runs so well it minimizes the, how bad the offensive line is, in my opinion. So I think the Tigers can pull it together mm. and get us one of those iconic Tiger Stadium night game wins against Mississippi State. It's going to be close, but they're going to pull it out. It'll be nighttime in the second half, so they better they better hang around in the first half, if you know what I mean, because <laughs> uh, it won't be night till the second half. All right, James Mesh, we got one picking the Tigers. Who do you like? I think the fact that if, if you watch the spread, it initially started at three, then it went to two and a half, and now on some, uh, in, on some websites it's now two. So usually when you have that trend, a lot of teams – they end up winning that one, and for me, I'm going to take LSU as well. I think John Emery, he won't get a whole bulk of the carries because he hasn't played since the end of 2020, but I think he'll get a good five, six carries, maybe even seven if they want to get real spicy and maybe be a change of pace for the game. I, I think ultimately the Tigers, it's gonna, they're at home and they're dogs, so I feel like that's bulletin board material. All right, so we got two for LSU. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going against my heart. I'm going with my wallet. <gasps> Ooh, think, oh, my goodness. I think Mississippi State, 
that offense, they sprigs you out. I know you're not concerned, George, about the secondary, but that secondary hadn't played together, and they hadn't played against a team that spreads the ball out like this does. And the other big factor to me is Mississippi State has their best defense they've had in years. A lot of veterans, um, some some really stud athletes. Um, give me Mississippi State to go on the road and win in Tiger Stadium. I just I saw Florida State. I know it's apples and oranges, but I saw the third down conversion time after time after time after time. I'm taking Southern off the board. That doesn't matter. Um, Mississippi State's better than Florida State. Their quarterback's better than the Florida State quarterback. And um, Mike Leach is a better coach than Mike Norvell. So give me Mississippi State. All right, let's get to the NFL. Uh, we're going to go with the NFC South. Real quick, George. Uh, George Carolina uh, lost their opener. The Giants won their opener. Carolina at the New York Giants. Uh, I, I, give me Carolina. They made mistakes okay. that they can rebound from. Don't believe in the Giants. All right, James. I'm going to take the Panthers. I was about to say the Giants. I'm about. I'm going to take the Panthers. I, I think with that Giants win, it kind of feels like that talks more about how Tennessee is going to underperform this year than more of the Giants Correct. are going to overperform. Give me the Giants to go two and zero. Oh, I want the Carolina Panthers to lose and drop <laughs> out of the race. Give me the Giants. All right. Is anybody picking Atlanta? To go out to the West Coast and beat the Rams? Anybody? No? Not a shot. Uh, all right, we'll, I'll take Rams. Yeah, we'll skip that one. Rams all the way. <laughs> Cincinnati at Dallas. Joe Burrow um, against Cooper Rush. No Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush played in a game last year, threw for over 300 yards, and the Cowboys won. This, was in, in, this one's in Dallas. Maybe if there's a close play at the goal line, Zach Taylor will uh, call for a, a review. Uh, who do you like, <laughs> Joe Burrow or the Cowboys, George? Well, Joe Burrow is always better than Cooper Rush. And then if you look at it, he played as bad as he played since the Alabama game at home in Tiger Stadium, and he still almost won. Yeah, give me Joe Burrow in the in the in the uh, in the Bengals. Okay, James, give me the Bengals. I, I can't see Burrow having two bad performances, but I think Cooper Rush and the Cowboys they play more ball control and just try to make this as close of a one score as possible throughout the game um close but give me the Bengals to win it all right the one that really counts the only one that counts tampa <laughs> bay at new orleans saints have won seven straight regular season games against the bucks four of those seven have come against tom brady brady got revenge in winning that playoff game on their way to winning the super bowl here's regular season week number two uh godwin is out paulson adebo's out for the saints the left tackle for uh, the Buccaneers may be out as well. So, what do you think, George? Saints have owned Brady in the regular season. Do they do it again? I'm a little concerned because I saw David Onyemana get driven seven yards off the ball last week. <laughs> the Saints defensive line looked horrible last week, which is the key why they always beat Tampa. But, like you said, the offensive line is banged up. And, I'm a, and look, I thought Jameis played amazing in the full quarter. Yeah. Him and Juice Landry, Mike Thomas. Yeah. Look, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever, but I'm going to need to see him beat the Saints before I pick him. So give me the Saints. All right. Uh, James. The Saints have won seven straight times against the Bucs and four in a row in the regular season against Tom Brady. I think they do it. I think this one will be close, but I, I think – 
when it comes to them going to Tampa, I think that's where you'll see Tom Brady be able to break that streak. George, no, to sir. your okay, George, to your point about the defensive line, I think they get it in their head. They get scared to death when they face a mobile quarterback, and that's what Marcus True. Mariota is, and that's what True. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, the Grim there, Reaper. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts in Philly is, and, and yep. that's what Pat Mahomes is. And all. I think they get in their head, and that, that does something to them. Tom Brady's a statue. Tom Brady don't want right. to move around. He's not going to move around. He's 45 years old. Um, Lattimore, all in Evans' head, always. Um, Julio Jones could be a problem. Bradley Roby's going to have to match up with him. Um, can can the safeties dominate like CJ Gardner Johnson did? He's no longer there. That's the big that's why the Saints have owned the defensive line getting pressure on Tom Brady and the secondary yes. owning those receivers. Um, I agree with you. Jameis Winston was phenomenal in the fourth quarter, but they uh they play four total in the first three. The Saints offense was horrendous, miserable. Um Every streak comes to an end, but not this time. Yes. Not this time. Come on. Saints are going to be 5-0 and against Tom Brady in the regular season. They may lose up in Tampa, but they're not losing in the Superdome, not the home opener. It just ain't happening. So there you have our picks, folks. Um, <laughs> choose wisely. Uh, probably go with your own thoughts and don't listen to us. But anyway. At all. All right, guys. Um, that's all I got. That's all the time we have. George, you're looking good, man, and uh, have a great weekend. You too, brother. Same to you. Thank you for your picks. We'll come back and we'll wrap it all up after this final timeout here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Tigers and the Astros in southwest Louisiana. Week two of the NFL. Get bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um... Bet just $5 on any football game. Get $200 in free bets instantly. So download the Sport DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Um, bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in money, bet li- money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call one 770 stop special thanks to all of our guests today koki Riley on the tigers larry holder on the saints blake topmeyer on the sec george faust on the cajuns and high school football and george becknell james mesh we gave our picks nick jonas is 31 years old today i hope everybody has a great friday and even better weekend come on back monday we'll recap it all until then i'm jordy helper stay thirsty my friends stay healthy let's be kind to one another And please, be happy. Have a great weekend. So long, everybody.